Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And the season is over, but the podcast season is never over, Jerry. No, no, I mean, we're, we're here most weeks, or not most weeks, toward once the draft and free agency hits, I feel like we go on a hiatus for like three weeks, four weeks, and then training camp starts. And Yeah, I mean, we're, we're around. We're around. It'll still be a weekly podcast at 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 least until what the draft? Well, till the Super Bowl at least probably. Yeah, and then I we'll mean, see. usually what we'll do we're gonna do draft profiles for mm-hmm. possible players. Uh, we will be doing free agency outlook, free agency signings, and all that fun jazz. So yeah, we we'll be here. We'll be here. Uh, we're not going anywhere. And my camera, I feel like I'm always, there we go. All right, um, today we're going to be talking about the head coach search. Uh, we're going to, yeah, we want to get this out before they actually hire a head coach. Uh, Fitterer said the other day that it was going to be a uh, very small pool of candidates. I believe it has ballooned to 10 candidates as of today, uh, Thursday. So that's not small, I don't think. <laughs> Feels like. No, it, it. If he was Pinocchio, his his nose would have grown. Yeah, I'm I actually why you kind even of said that, or, or they've just maybe they don't like who they've interviewed so far. I don't know. And that's that's honestly something I was going to bring up is the simple fact that you know he said that, and then he interviewed Steve Wilkes, mm-hmm. and then he's starting to add a couple defensive guys to mm-hmm. the list, and I was like, am I reading too much into that, or am I, or is I'm not. Either way, they needed to hire or interview one more because they didn't have a minority candidate external besides Jim Caldwell. They needed mm-hmm. two. Yeah. So, and then they added D'Amico Ryan's, which should honestly been, definitely should needed. Should have been on the list been, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Regardless of uh, of minority status or not. Uh, well, we'll kind of just talk about the guys that we've heard about so far. Um, kind of give Who've, you our thoughts. They've requested it. At, They've requested. They've requested interviews. Uh, And we're not really going to talk about Sean Payton, although it does seem like the Panthers did reach out to the Saints. And the Saints, it doesn't seem like we're interested in having the Panthers uh, talk to Sean Payton. So why would they? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, compensation is compensation. So yeah. You know, I would just would imagine they would have made us pay more. But, oh, they uh, definitely would have. I'm surprised that they didn't at least even let him talk to us. But uh, So he's not going to be on this list, but just know that he is out there, and I guess anything could change. But as of right now, uh, the Panthers have not been granted permission at least to talk to uh, Sean Payton. So. Uh, we're going to just start with the guy that's probably at the top of many of your lists, uh, Steve Wilkes, interim yeah, head coach. I- been here for the last what 12 13 weeks uh, as head coach and did a pretty good job yeah i mean he went six and six he turned around this franchise just in general mm-hmm. like you could tell that the players want him yeah. they they played hard for him he kept them in the playoff race as abysmal as the nfc south was he kept them in that race he kept them fighting hard and he made this team have an identity of Pounding the rock, playing good defense most of the time. Yeah, I mean, and this was with someone else's coaching staff. So, yep. 
My big thing, as I've been saying all the time, is whenever he went into that interview, my thought was he needed to have a good plan for offense. Yes. And I don't know what it was. So <laughs> the <laughs> reports are that he did have a very good uh, plan for his offensive staff. Um, but just when he took over from Matt Rule, there was a change in the offense. I mean, the offense oh, performed much, much better under Steve Wilkes. Um, you know, particularly the running game, obviously. He definitely had an, a huge emphasis on run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And, you know, this is a defensive coach. So for him to have that dramatic of a difference in the offense was pretty surprising to me. And I think speaks very well to him as a head coach, as a, a manager of the whole team, right? Not just the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you you mentioned it. He was saddled with Ben McAdoo. Um, Al Holcomb was his defensive coordinator in Arizona. So I'm not sure if Al Holcomb would be part of the package with Steve Wilkes. I wouldn't love that, I don't think. I don't think the defense... Inspired a ton of confidence most weeks uh, after Al Holcomb took over from Phil Snow. So I, that would worry me a little. Yeah, that would worry me a little bit too. I, I agree with that. That the, But I would assume that Al Holcomb was probably going to be there. But mm-hmm. you got to also think they were also missing like four coaches that left as well or were terminated and never filled True. their roles. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, Steve Wilkes did a lot with, uh, honestly, a little. Like, he he did mm-hmm. a lot from behind the eight ball. Um, it's as good a an audition, I think, as he could have hoped for, other than, you know, beating the Bucks and making the playoffs, which I think would have probably sealed the deal for him. Mm-hmm. But he, he has interviewed. He interviewed on Tuesday. Um they do continue to add new coaches to the interview slate, including some defensive coaches, like you mentioned, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, Gerard Mayo from the Patriots was also, they requested to interview him, uh, but it looks like he may stay with the Patriots. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, everybody else has been offensive. Everybody else that they've added, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Wilkes and Ryans, really, have been offensive coaches. So... Any other final thoughts on Steve Wilkes? I think it bodes very well for him for how the players have reacted, how the players mm, have been. Oh, yeah. And, and even though Matt Rule. Hard. Yeah, and Matt Rule <clears throat> said that he never lost a locker room. I want to disagree. I, this is how a, he, Steve Wilkes never lost that locker room. Right. Steve Wilkes had those guys playing for him hard. He did. And, and you wonder, you know, are the players. Do they like Steve Wilkes? Obviously, they like Steve Wilkes a ton. Um, but is it Steve Wilkes compared to Matt Rule? Or is it Steve Wilkes compared to anybody? I think it's Steve Wilkes. You look yeah. at Trey Boston on Twitter. You look at Josh Norman coming out of retirement. Or yeah. you know, that retirement. You know, Luke Keekley was back. Like, there's a lot of guys who knew him from that era mm-hmm. that all of a sudden started swarming Bank of America's stadium. And not swarming in, it's like trying to latch on or anything, yeah. just trying to help out where they could. Just bring it, yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, I think Steve Wilkes is just a guy that people want to be around and is I, extremely well-respected. 
Watch his interviews. I mean, yeah. the guy speaks honestly more truthful than other coaches. And yeah. you and I have watched some of the interviews. are like, yeah, I get why people are Absolutely. fighting for him. I love listening to him talk. Uh, he could do a, a two-hour press conference. I'd be hanging on every word. Um, it is interesting that he has not been interviewing anywhere else no one has has asked to interview him from their head coaching position which i find odd me too considering how good a job he did now obviously arizona wouldn't interview him because that whole shenanigans the only other thing i could think of is his lawsuit against the nfl i i know it's a negative thing and well he's he's part of flores's lawsuit right Correct. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I I don't know if that's true. I This is just me, my speculation. Because yeah. I don't see why uh, one team doesn't venture out towards him. I mean, Indianapolis, maybe. Houston. Or are they all? I mean. Uh, you know, Houston would be, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want him to take the Houston job. But, uh, yeah, Indianapolis. I mean, you know, there's, it seems like the Broncos are, focused on Peyton or Harbaugh. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I hope that he does, you know, if he doesn't get this head coaching job, that something good happens for him. You know, he's back as a defensive coordinator somewhere or something. Here would be great, but you you usually don't see that, right, where they they stay under a different regime after not getting the head coaching job. That, That doesn't really happen, so... Um, the only one I could think of is Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. Yeah, true, true. But I mean, that wasn't really a regime change as much as yeah, that was more Arian a... stepping down, and it was between those two. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, this is a very different situation. So, all right, well, Steve Wilkes, he's on the list. Uh, we're gonna rank our our list, by the way, towards the end, or at least give you our top two or three. Uh, head coaching candidates so i think steve Oaks is going to probably gonna be on there for both of us uh near the top so <laughs> i like steve uh all right so another guy that's already interviewed is jim caldwell former head coach of the colts and the lions uh jerry tell us a little bit about jim caldwell um he spent three seasons uh with the colts compiled a record of 26 22 i think that was with peyton manning then without peyton manning that one year mm. i'm not sure uh, he went 36-28 and 28 as Detroit's head coach from 2014 to 2007. I didn't realize that Detroit had a winning record in That's, three years. I know. When, when, <laughs> when, when I first looked at Jim Caldwell after I heard the news that he was going to be interviewing, I was like, Jim Caldwell, really? And then I looked and I was like, holy crap, he had success with the Lions. He must be a pretty good coach. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> that was exactly my thought because I think we were arguing and then like I started doing research. I was like, oh. Okay, well then maybe maybe so. Yeah, I think he was uh, he was with the Ravens for a couple of years. I think as offensive coordinator as well. Um, I think I think between his head coaching jobs, he was with the Ravens, and I remember there being some kind of I don't know if it was controversy or what it, what it was, but uh, for how he got that job, but. I think he did a pretty decent job there as well. So, I don't know. I mean, 
the, the, obviously, like I said, most of the rest of these guys we're going to talk about are offensive guys. Jim Caldwell like doesn't jump out to me as a home run head coaching that, hire. That seems more like a desperation hire. And I also don't think that's a type of David Tepper type of hire. Someone older, splash. someone not flashy. And honestly, he did. He was with the Colts in Detroit, and he did pretty well. 36 to 28, not bad, mm-hmm. you know, 26 to 22. But let's be real. We won a Super Bowl, and David Tepper wants a Super Bowl. I don't see Caldwell as a Super Bowl winning type of coach. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it. you know, it's all about situations and everything. I mean, he took the Lions to the playoffs. He took the Lions to the playoffs. That's a pretty good thing to put on your resume, right? (laughs) (laughs) In the 2000s, I took the Lions to the playoffs. Uh, I think it was 2014. Yeah, he they went 11 and five, made it to the playoffs. They got beat by the Cowboys in the first round. So, you know, the good news is the Panthers never get beat by the Cowboys in the playoffs. So, if you if you ever had to play them again, yeah, that's true. Pretty good. Uh, he was, let's see, he was hired by the XFL to, uh, as a consultant. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, not at the top of my list. No, he's probably at the near the very bottom, if not the bottom. Yeah. Uh, another interesting guy here, Frank Reich. Okay. So Frank Reich was the Colts coach this season, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Got fired. And, of course, they hired Jeff Saturday, so didn't quite work out for them, I don't think, the way they wanted. Uh, before He was 40-33-1 and in, you know, four and a half years or so as Indy's head coach. Uh, was the offensive coordinator during the Eagles Super Bowl in 2017, the Philly special, all that. Um, and he was the Panthers' very first starting quarterback. I know he has some nice little ties here. That's that's good little uh, trivia there because I I think most fans probably think Kerry Collins was the very first, like started nah, the he, first he, game, but he yeah did not. he 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 was a uh, he was Reich was his mentor mm-hmm. and Kerry Collins was sitting that first year, yeah. and that's how it used to be. Now all the quarterbacks usually start pretty quickly. Um, <clears throat> Frank Reich. I liked him, but he never had a he had an issue getting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we need a quarterback. That's what worries me about Frank Reich. So I don't he's kinda low on my list, honestly. I like him, but I don't like him if that makes sense. I'd prefer him as an offensive coordinator. Yeah, and he was very um uh, he wasn't good with his quarterbacks, the ones that he had. Like it seemed like he mm-hmm. had a very, very quick trigger finger. Um, they had some success there though, even with the quarterback situation. Um, so, and that could have been, that could have been the, the ownership too of, Mm -hmm. cause if you remember correctly, it was Andrew Luck quit on him, not Mm. sorry, retired on him (laughs) that quit mental health. Yes. Okay. Yes. But then they brought bring in Philip Rivers for one year, and then they, you know, they were just trying desperately. They felt like they were ready, but they just didn't have that quarterback. And they, instead of drafting someone and trying to groom home, they kept. They did the Matt Rule style, except with the older quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, 
the Matt Ryan trade probably, I mean, looks terrible now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz looks terrible now. Philip Rivers, you know, I mean, he, <laughs> he went through old. I mean, Carson Wentz is not, not an old quarterback, but he was trying. It seemed like they were just trying to win now. Like, they weren't trying to build anything. Yeah, and right. Philip Rivers, I think, took them to the playoffs. So that one kind of worked. It was just they didn't get to the promised yeah. land. Yeah, but that's the thing is like once I think once Luck retired, they were scrambling for four years, mm-hmm. right? Um, Instead of just having a plan of okay, let's get Philip Rivers in here. Let's draft a guy. Mm-hmm. Let's move go that route. Yeah. So his first year with Indy, uh, he was ten and six. They made the playoffs, won a playoff game, and then lost in the division game. Uh, seven and nine is next year. That was the year uh, that oh. Luck retired, I believe. Right. Oh yeah, Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. and Jacoby Brissett year. Uh, then eleven and five with Philip Rivers, went to the playoffs, lost in the first round. Then went nine and eight last year, did not make the playoffs, and then three five and one this year, and he's out. So, you know. Uh, I think after Wilkes, so far of the guys we've talked about, he would be my next choice. Um, Mine too. I, I, he's, but he's kind of old. He is sixty-one. So, do you want an older head coach that's not Steve Wilkes, right? Because Steve Wilkes has been here, and we know Steve Wilkes. Do you want to start? now with a 61-year-old head coach? Or would you want to go younger and, you know... I mean, and that's kind of the way the NFL is going. The only good thing I would say about Frank Reich is he's been coaching in the NFL recently. Something Mm -hmm. Jim Caldwell, I felt like, kind of... It's been a while for him. Uh, 61? I mean, Pete Carroll's out there at, what, 70-something? I know he's the oldest Yeah, Pete Carroll... But Pete Carroll, actually, Jim Caldwell's 67, by the way. <laughs> so Jim Caldwell, even older. I um, almost put their ages by their name because pretty soon we're going to get to some really young people. Like There's a few head coaches they're interviewing that are younger than I am, and that makes me, me feel too. strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay, so we got the two old guys out of the way, I guess. Um, who's next on our list here? Our next one is Ken Dorsey, current <clears throat> Bills offensive coordinator for one year and former Panthers quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went from QB coach to passing game coordinator to offensive coordinator in Buffalo in four years. So that staff really liked him. He moved up the ranks. And look, this is with Allen, Josh Allen. I mean, so right. he was doing some good stuff there. And you could tell Josh Allen's passing has dramatically increased, whether that's you know, from Ken Dorsey, Brian Dayball was there last, or not last year, but the year, you know. Yep. So he he had a hand in Josh Allen. He was also the quarterback coach of Cam when he won the MVP. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ken Dorsey, it feels like it, it, the shine has kind of come off of his name a little bit. I feel like he was like a really, really hot prospect, like a quarter of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. And now he's sort of fallen off. It's kind of weird, but... Um, he, a lot of people are going to say, well, he's got Josh Allen, right? So, how mm-hmm. you know, is he really good or or is Josh Allen really good? Um, but you, but like you mentioned, 
And Josh Allen didn't start out as Josh Allen, uh, you know, oh, as no. what he is now. Josh Allen had to be groomed. He had to be coached. He had to be taught. And Ken Dorsey was a big part of that. And I like Ken Dorsey. Like, you know, and I like the Carolina connection that he has. You know, one of the things with Wilkes that I forgot to mention is that Wilkes knows what keep pounding means, right? Wilkes knows mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers culture. I feel like Ken Dorsey also knows Carolina Panthers culture. Oh, yeah. He was here for the Super Bowl run. Yeah. I mean, he, he understands what this franchise means to the city and stuff. I, I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Because, like, Matt Rule tried to completely change what the Panthers were about. Right. And it it didn't... The keep pounding, you know, disappeared. And now we're finding out it was most likely, it hasn't mm-hmm. been confirmed, but because of Matt Rule. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it almost had to have been at this point. Um, but, yeah, Ken Dorsey, you know, he's been part of a successful organization. He's learning under Sean McDermott, another former Panthers mm-hmm. coach, uh, who... As extremely successful. I mean, if you want yeah. to start pulling guys off the Sean McDermott coaching tree, I think Ken Dorsey would be a really good one to start with. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he was here for the Panthers' last winning season. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to move Ken Dorsey up to number two on my list. Actually, yeah, I'm going to move him to number two on my list. Um, we're going to move down to Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore just recently announced that he was going to be interviewing for the uh, head coach position here. Current Cowboys offensive coordinator. Uh, started coaching in 2018 as the quarterback's coach, and then 2019 named the offensive coordinator. I remember that being kind of a surprise or because he was yeah, really young and mm-hmm. only one year as a coach, and then all of a sudden you're the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. But he's been pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, They've ranked 11th in yards per game this season Mm -hmm. and 4th in point totals, 27 points a game. So, And that's with multiple quarterbacks. Like, that's with, uh, you know, Dak Prescott being injured and having to rely on Cooper Rush. And uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I was... I don't know. Maybe it's just the Dallas connection that I don't like him. <laughs> There's something about him. There is. There's, There's something, something about him. Although, if you're old like me, you remember his Boise State games where Boise State was like top ranked and the fake fake uh, Statue of Liberty handoff mm-hmm. behind the back in the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, man, that was a blast. <laughs> All you old forts out there, enjoy those memories because yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, but you are significantly older than I am. So, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's been a player in the league, obviously. He, uh, he's pretty young, I think. He's 34. Yeah. He's even younger than I thought. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he's ready. I'll just say that. I don't think he's ready to be the head coach of an NFL football team. I just don't think he's ready. I don't know if I really see innovation in the Cowboys offense. Yep. And I, I don't watch the Cowboys offense all that much, but I don't see much innovation. That's one thing I'm kind of nervous with him about. Like, at least with Ken Dorsey and the Bills, I see them doing 
some plays that are just like, oh, would not expect that. Yeah. And not only that, the Cowboys have top-tier talent. As much as, I mean, you got Pollard and Elliott in the backfield. You've got, you know, Dak Prescott. CeeDee Lamb. Gallup. Yeah, I mean, you've got really good players on that team. Um, And you're right. They're not what you would hope a team that star-studded would be. They're kind of boring to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of Dallas fans would be okay with him leaving. And that also yeah, and that's bothers kind of, me. <laughs> that, that's kind of telling, too. I yeah. agree with that because I've heard that, too, where some Cowboys fans are like, bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So don't love that. Um, yeah. So Kellen Moore, he's, he's going to be interviewed and – and he probably should be. I mean, you know, they've been successful, and, and he's fine. So, All right, who's the next guy here? Mike Kafka, current Giants offensive coordinator, uh, played under Andy Reid as a backup quarterback from mm-hmm. 2010 to 2011, uh, was Patrick Mahomes' position coach during the, his first two seasons as a starter, and OC of the current Giants, who their stats aren't good, but they have Daniel Jones, so I'm not even going to and honestly, Nuts. I mean, this is the, this is his first year as OC, and I thought Daniel Jones had easily his best season. Oh yeah, easily his best season. Um, they averaged three hundred and thirty-three yards per game and twenty-one point and a half points per game. And again, this is Daniel Jones. This is mm-hmm. Kadarius. No, Kadarius Tony got Kadarius traded. Tony uh, got traded. Yeah, I mean, you got what's like Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. People on people on receiving core that nobody had on their fantasy team. Um, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley is good. played well uh, for the first half of the year or so, and then sort of fell off. Um, I thought he, I thought he did a really good job with the Giants' offense this year. But another guy that this is his first year as the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Uh, he was with the Chiefs as the QB coach and the passing game coordinator for 2020-2021. Um, so he, I guess he's got a couple of years coordinating um but he's 35 years old this is another guy that just doesn't have a ton of experience and and you also kind of or at least i wonder is this brian dayball maybe helping out that offense because he was almost certainly like that makes me worrisome yeah just nothing against him that's just you know hopefully a a lot of these guys are just really young guys that fitterer and tepper want to talk to Maybe glean some sort of. Something. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that exact thought of, hey, you know what's, what's the harm of talking to some young coordinators yeah. and see what they think of our offense and what what we could do? Maybe something sparks. Yeah. Who would you add to this offense? You know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really smart. Um, and there's another a couple of other guys we're going to be talking about here in a minute, but yeah, just to put a, a bow on Mike Kafka. He was 2016 Northwestern graduate assistant, 2017 uh, Chiefs offensive quality control coach, 2018 quarterbacks coach, 2019 quarterbacks coach, 2020 quarterbacks coach. So 2022 offensive coordinator, and then he's going to a head coach on an offense that wasn't super explosive and super innovative. I feel like he's getting a lot of positive vibes because of what he did with Daniel Jones, a guy whose career was kind of in doubt, particularly as the the Giants starting quarterback. 
before this season, I think everyone expected this to be his last year with the team. And he sort of revived his career, or at least he's getting some um, kudos for re- reviving his career. Again, how much of that was Dayball? I think a lot, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and that kind of goes with the Ken Dorsey, too. It's what is Brian Dayball and what is Ken Dorsey? What is Mike Kafka? What is Brian Dayball? Well, we, at least and- we know that the Bills have a head coach that is a defensive guy. So Ken Dorsey, mm-hmm. I feel like, should should get more... Uh, you know, benefit of the doubt, I guess. Well, he's only been there for or only the OC for one year. He was under Brian Dayball last year. So, right, but I don't think the Bills' offense really fell off this year. No, I don't either. I think yeah. they thought they stayed consistent. Still look just as good. Um, and you know, Ken Dorsey has been working under Brian Dayball for more than a year, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Do yeah, you know? I mean, it did, no, I was just going to say that they, they ranked number two, Buffalo, in points and total yards. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, so that they didn't, didn't fall, fall off any. <laughs> that <laughs> offense didn't fall off. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ken Dorsey, I, it's weird. I feel like they're different tiers. I just feel like they're different tiers of coach. Ken Dorsey, Mike right Kafka, Kellen Moore even. Uh, yeah, so. All right, and the next guy on this list is... Current Lions offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. Uh, He spent the last four years with the Lions, uh, going from tight ends coach 2021 to offensive coordinator under Dan Campbell. He finished this year with a top five offense in Detroit. He changed Jared Goff's livelihood. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody expected Jared Goff to be out of the league or a backup next year. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, they still might try to draft a guy, but I mean, what Jared Goff did this year—it's so tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, Jared Goff looked like a NFL quarterback. Looked like a guy that could win you playoff games. Looked like a guy that honestly looked like a guy that was worthy of where he was picked in the draft. He looked like a top top ten quarterback this year. Yeah. So, I mean, we played them. Yes, we dominated them. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, he was, if some reason they decided, this is a kind of a negative that I was thinking of, they continued to try to run the ball on us mm-hmm. when the pass was working. That was one of my only negatives against <laughs> Ben Johnson is the simple fact that I was like, you can't see that our secondary can't cover your guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. We did not see a good display of his offensive prowess here. No. Um, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Because, honestly, he's near the top of my list. Um, just from what, how he changed Jared Goff's career, I feel like that's a big feather in his cap. Huge feather in oh, his yeah. cap. I, and that's, what, 40, that's our problem here. Our problem is yeah. quarterback. 4,400 yards, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. I mean, yes. Yes, I will take that from... I'm not looking at any of his numbers, but are any of his previous seasons anywhere close to that? I am pulling that up right now. Okay. Um, Yes, actually. Uh, Sorry, I have ESPN trying to autoplay something on me. (laughs) And, uh, of course, you know, 
the YouTube listeners will get to hear that. Yeah, um, yeah. In 2018, 4,600 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. 2019, okay. 4,600 yards, uh, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. So he has it in him. Yeah. It's just, it seemed like he was fluttering down at McVay's system towards the end, yeah. not looking that hot. And then all of a sudden he gets to a new coordinator and the Ben Johnson knew what Jared Goff did well. So what you're saying, if I'm if I'm understanding you, is that Ben Johnson is a better offensive mind than Sean McVay. I am saying he was getting better. You heard better. it here first on Meow Mix. He, Jerry. He was yeah. <laughs> uh I, you know, I was wondering if this is one of those situations, too, where, you know, you have Dan Campbell. He's an offensive guy. Again, you know, where do you put the credit? Dan Campbell has never been an offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He He's a... Uh, he's a tight ends guy. Yeah, he he's the type of guy that... Morale type of guy. That's who he is. Culture change, that is Dan Campbell. That is Dan Campbell for sure. <laughs> but if you look at his... At Dan Just Dan Campbell's career real quick. Uh, coaching, uh, excuse me, <coughs> coaching intern, uh, 2010 Miami Dolphins, uh, 2011, 2015, the tight end coach there. Then in 2015, he goes from tight ends coach to interim head coach. Mm-hmm. And we all remember, remember that. that. We all remember that. Uh, then he goes to the saints as the assistant head coach and the tight ends coach. And then to Detroit as the head coach. So this is a guy that's never been. An offensive coordinator. So I think that that points another feather in, in Ben Johnson's cap where you can't call him a Kafka, right? You can't, I don't think that's something that you can say, you know, well, Mike Kafka is, is it really Mike Kafka? Is it, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dayball? Here, I don't think you can say that. I think you have to say Ben Johnson should be mostly responsible for the, the offense, the play calling, all that stuff. Um, now again, that the positives and the negatives, right? Because here he couldn't adjust. And that was one of the things that we hated with Matt rule. Absolutely. There were no adjustments in the game that happened at all. Uh, even at halftime, they just came out and they did the exact same crap. (laughs) So I wouldn't like that. Um, I'd be curious to hear from some lions fans. If there are any that want to comment, how you guys feel about Ben Johnson. It seems like from everything I've seen, they do not want to lose him. Yeah, that's what I've heard too, that they do not want to lose him, that yeah. they're, I mean, top five offense. I mean, they weren't expecting that. No, no. I and mean, it changes their plans too, because I guarantee you they would have used that Rams pick this year on a quarterback. 100%. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Now, maybe they don't have to. I mean, they already have a solid line, Panay Sewell and stuff like that. I've, so, I mean. I mean, they could do all kinds of things. If they don't have to pick a quarterback in the draft, they could do all kinds of things. They need secondary help help because of yeah. co- uh, their top pick a couple years. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't panned out. So, maybe Jeff go that route. Yeah, he was a guy we wanted. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go back to that draft <laughs> profile. We are wrong. We've gotten better. We've gotten better at him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I like Ben Johnson. Uh, yeah, I do too. He's right up there in terms of. Guys he's a guy that when we started inter- like I saw Ben Johnson's name, I was like, "What? 
And then I thought about it, and I started reading it. I was like, Same. yeah, I get, I, I get the understanding of why we're interviewing him. Yeah, he he made me a believer. I mean, I again, when I first saw his name, just like you, I was like, the Lions? And I was like, okay, this year the Lions were at least fun to watch. you know, mm-hmm. And they were in every game, it seemed like. And then the more I looked at him, the more I read about him, the more I saw the Lions fans really not wanting to get rid of him, the more I was like, Okay, I think I can get behind this. Another young guy, though. I think he's 36. Yeah. So, all these guys are younger than you, Jerry. Man. All right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Next guy here uh, is very high on my list. Shane Steichen. Steichen. Yeah. He's real high on my uh, list, but I don't know if it's Steichen or Steichen. I I think it's Steichen. Okay. He's been been very... Close to the top of my list ever since Matt Rule was fired. So, yeah. current offensive coordinator for the Eagles. He's been the primary co- play caller for most of the two years. I believe he took over when they were struggling last year. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they started taking off. They started running the ball. Jalen Hurts started getting going. And then, I mean, he was offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert's rookie season. Mm-hmm. And from someone who hated the pro- draft Herbert. prospect of Justin Herbert coming out of college. We've gotten better. He did guys. not. <laughs> he did not look that good. He did not look that good at Oregon. Yeah. But he. I. I he think was, this he, is the. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say he was one of those guys that you could see had the talent, mm-hmm. but hadn't quite put it all together yet. Shane Steichen might be the guy to credit for that. And then look at Jalen Hurts. Right. He had a lot of talent. Another guy you hated coming out of the draft. Didn't have, didn't like, (laughs) didn't have a lot of, you know, you know, success. And then he took over and now he's, he would have been the MVP in my opinion if he didn't get hurt. Oh yeah. He hundred percent. He was heading that direction. Um, yes. And Steichen's been the offensive corner since 2021. Uh, 2020 for uh, the Chargers. So this yeah. is now multiple years, his... offensive coordinator. He's got the experience. Uh, he's a young guy. He's 37. But he's a 37-year-old that's had a lot of success as an offensive coordinator in multiple locations. And getting like he, he didn't leave the Chargers because he was bad. Like They had a, regi- no. they had a whole regime change, right? And they yeah. probably wanted I him mean, back, some... but... Some people say that's because, it, but they wanted to get rid of their defensive-minded coach. Right. Force, you know. So, barely missed the playoffs again, and they just wanted to get new regime change. Yeah. But, again, in 2020, you know, Herbert burst onto the scene. Looked look like the real deal. Uh, Hertz has burst onto the scene this, this year, especially. Last year, he... Towards the end. Kind of took off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's maintained that, and a lot of people are crediting Steichen, and I think correctly, uh, for that progress and that uh, growth. So that's I love that. I mean, because we've got Corral, right? Who mm-hmm. we don't really know what he is. Put somebody like Steichen with him; he's going to be the probably the best version of whatever he can be. Or draft somebody that he or the likes draft, and I- right? Yep. I don't want to say Matt Corral because I don't know what they believe they have in him. Well, I I don't know. I don't 
think anyone can know what they have in him yet. He hasn't done anything. No. Uh, but he's here. He, and he yeah. was a third-round pick. They did invest that, that in him. I think he's going to have as much a opportunity to start next year as anybody that we sign or draft. Yeah, I. At what this he's going to do with that opportunity, I don't know, but he, I think he's going to have the opportunity. I, I can't argue anything right now, as he's the only quarterback on this roster <laughs> for next year. So, <laughs> but but you see what I'm saying? Like, assuming that we go young, assuming we don't sign a Derek Carr or you know trade for a veteran, um, you know you draft say you draft C.J. Stroud I, or Richardson or Levis. Are you telling me that those guys are going to walk in and immediately? I like Matt Corral. I really liked yeah. him. I, he has yeah. that quick release, and he has the ability that's very accurate. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and he's mobile. He's not a yeah. pocket pocket passer where, you know. So, yeah, I I would be happy. I, I mean, mean, I just he, think it would be a good matchup. Like, Steichen's going to come in, and, and like I said, Matt Corral, I think, would be pretty quickly whatever the best version of him of himself right now is right and and then we would know and he would know and Steichen would know and you make a decision at that point and a couple things going back to his OC days with Justin Herbert compared Mm. to his you know plays at Eagles it seems like almost two different styles of offense Mm. because the way they the the way the quarterbacks play the game it seems like he's able to mold around the talent he has and that's yep. something that I really like. And Herbert's got some wheels too, but it is a oh, different yeah, yeah. offense, right? It's, it is a different offense. It's a really a run-first offense with the Eagles, um, and the uh, was not that way with the Chargers. They let Herbert throw like crazy uh, his rookie year, but yeah, I I do like that. That's a good, a really good point that I hadn't really considered um, because I. You also hear the, is it Shane Steichen or is it Jalen Hurts, as to mm-hmm. why that team is successful. Um, but when you looked at the games they played with our boy at quarterback, mullet man. Your boy. What? Your boy. What? Why, can't, why can't I think of his name? Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Minshew. Uh, the offense looked pretty good, but they didn't win. Right? Pedestrian, yeah. yeah. Like they, they, it wasn't the top tier, but yeah, so, it is a backup quarterback. Gardner, yeah, and, not, and right, not saying Gardner Minshew is anywhere on the tier of Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert, but again, maybe that's a point in his. It's a point in his favor, and it's also something to think about because Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Jalen Hurts has proven to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Do you credit Shane Steichen for that, or do you credit those guys for making Shane Steichen look good? That's where the interviews come in. That's where you figure that stuff out. So, uh, but Shane Steichen is uh, probably the number one on my list right now. He he's been my number one yeah. since Matt Rule was fired. Yeah. Um, what my personal dream would be to get Shane Steichen in here, get Anthony Richardson at number nine, mm-hmm. a very raw quarterback who has all the talent. Let him sit for a, a year or so. Yeah, we may suck next year a little bit, but oh man, I just wa- thinking about how he could mold that kid. Yeah, he's so physically well, talented. Right, I think he's probably the guy with the most natural gifts in mm-hmm. the whole draft. Just hasn't quite put it all together, but he's been 
pretty successful with what he has put together. <laughs> he started only one year in yeah. Florida. That's right. the thing is I was wa- reading some college thing and they were like, I don't know why he wasn't starting the year before. That was so dumb of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of hurt his, you know, progressing and building on. So it, right. it was something I'm very, we'll talk about a draft prospect. I, I like Anthony Richardson because of his physical tools. As long as we have a coaching staff that can nurture it. Yeah. 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 We will talk about him a lot. Uh, coming up soon so okay that's it for the offensive guys um D'Amico Ryans was requested to be interviewed a couple of days ago um I think he has to wait until after this the games this weekend mm-hmm. before he can interview so and I'm assuming it'll be probably virtual or something next week um what do you how do you feel about D'Amico Ryans I like D'Amico I mean number one defense uh kind of a culture guy Mm-hmm. I hate saying just culture guy for defensive, but he really rallies his troops well. Um, my only negative is, you know, that San Francisco defense has been good before he was a coordinator, and it's still good. So is it him or is it the system and everything that's been there? Because I mean, Robert Sala left right. a couple of years ago, but they are number one still this year, so he's not letting them drop off. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. He's been defensive coordinator now for two years right mm-hmm. and before that he was the inside linebackers coach who was gonna have you know that's that's an important position on the defense you got to know everything you got to know the whole field and um, when he played he, yeah. he played at houston right. liked him as a player right so i think yeah i think he should get a lot of credit for how good that defense still is right and you've got some great players on that defense too so he knows how to utilize Top-tier talent. I feel like with Brian Burns, we have top-tier talent. Jeremy Chin maybe could explode under a guy like D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I mean, you truly, truly unlock that freak. Uh, would be so much fun to watch. Um, I'm getting myself really excited about D'Amico Ryans now. <laughs> um, yeah, I like him. I And I think, uh, you know, there was a point this season where he was the number one guy on my list uh and he's he's still pretty clay still right there in terms of defensive guys would you rather have D'Amico Ryans or Steve Wilkes I mean that it's a hard it's a hard choice I was gonna say the only problem is what what is D'Amico Ryans bringing that Steve Wilkes isn't like right Steve Wilkes is that defensive coordinator you know guy like again look at all his former players trying to get him the job look at mm-hmm. you know the only problem is are the x and nose with steve wilkes worse than D'Amico ryan's or is it you know and it's hard to say because steve wilkes has been a defensive coordinator uh not very recently right he yeah uh, 2019 with the browns and then 2022 here he was the defensive passing game coordinator here Uh, he was he was assistant head coach and defensive coordinator for us in 2017 and that's 2018 is when he got Mm -hmm. the cardinals job because he was only here one year as defensive coordinator i remember when he got hired i was like "Ooh, that's a little too early for him yeah uh, i thought that as well and it it probably was, but it was just a bad 
place to go from yeah. him, unfortunately. Bad place for any coach, I think, that year to go. Um, but then he was Cleveland one year and then out. And then he went to college. He was Missouri's defensive coordinator for a year before coming back here last year. Uh, and apparently, uh, I remember reading something about, uh, God, who was the player? Some player on the Panthers, like really, really almost, I wouldn't say bullied Matt Rule into hiring Steve Wilkes, but just pressed really hard. Like, you got to hire this guy. you got to hire this guy. And then Matt Rule does, and then he takes his job <laughs> a few weeks later. Like, Well, I wonder if it's Shaq Thompson, because Shaq Thompson's all about. Yeah, it may have been. Somebody's going to know. Somebody, somebody will say it in the comments. But, yeah, I mean, um, D'Amico's 38, and Steve Wilkes 53. Steve Wilkes you would consider an old school guy yeah. at this point, right? I think that's, you know, what are you looking for? Are you looking for, is Steve Wilkes a guy that's going to be all into the analytics? I mean, David Tepper, when he bought the team, that's what he said he wanted, right? He wanted a new school. He wanted young. He wanted, you know, data-driven success. Is Steve Wilkes yeah. a guy that's going to be all about the analytics? I I don't think so, but you yeah. never know. I mean, uh, by this time, Steve Wilkes should know David Tepper enough and know mm-hmm. the ins and outs of how he likes to run things to a certain extent. I mean, I don't think he's, he's only been get, here a year, right? Yeah, I don't think he should be running up the stairs asking every question, but yeah. I'm sure he has a feel for the guy. I, I would imagine so, and I'm sure that was part of the interview and Mm-hmm. You know they're gonna know one way or the other, but you feel like D'Amico Ryan's as a younger guy uh, would be would be more into you know that side of the game right now, and which I think is important. I think you yeah. learn a lot, and sometimes they rely on it too much, but I think it's a really good tool to have. So I think I would probably choose D'Amico Ryan's over Steve Wilkes, as okay. much, and I don't like saying that. Because I really like Steve Wilkes, and Steve Wilkes definitely brings something else, right? He brings the Carolina Panthers culture. D'Amico Ryans has his own culture he's going to bring. But Steve Wilkes has the Panthers culture, and that's important. But if I won a Super Bowl with D'Amico Ryans culture, would I be upset about that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't no. be upset about that. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. And, um, and just because D'Amico Ryans isn't here doesn't mean he's going to try to get rid of the culture here like Matt Rule Exactly, exactly. We hope not. I, I mean, Ron Rivera bought into the whole keep pounding, and he wasn't from mm-hmm. here. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, feel like Rivera still is like that. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I feel like, honestly, maybe a defensive guy is also more into that, right? Yeah. That keep pounding mantra, you know, Sam Mills the linebacker you know i feel like there's there's a lot there so um all right well again gerard mayo probably not going to interviews yeah They're he's reporting he's that he's signing a getting extension as we speak. yeah yeah so probably not gonna have to worry about that okay well let's uh maybe rank like our top five of these guys okay okay my number one He's been there since the beginning for me, Shane Steichen. Uh, Maybe that's because I already knew so much. That's why I was already focused in on him. But I just think the way he can craft an offense and nurture a new quarterback would be so beneficial to this team. I agree, and he's going to be my number one as well. Um, You know, we don't have to argue about everything. I think this is just, 
a home run higher. Yeah. So I do I too. Like that. All right. Well, I'm going to give my number two. My number two is going to be D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, I had a feeling D'Amico Ryan's is yeah. your number two. I'm actually going to go Steve Wilkes. Um, okay. I, I, I understand that. Um, everything else, just my only, I want to put an asterisk here. He has to have a good offensive coordinator plan. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's one thing I know for sure about D'Amico Ryan's is that Ben McAdoo will not be our offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he would be under Steve Wilkes either, but. Uh, okay, uh, number three, who you got? I'm gonna go Domingo Ryan's. I, okay. I I agree with you on that. It's yeah, yeah. Even though I don't want a defense coordinator as much, but I know I it's kind of weird. I think I think he's primed to get that job, and I think he'd he's gonna be a great coach. I agree. Uh, and Steve Wilkes will be my number three. So we, <laughs> neither one of us wanted a defensive coordinator. Yet two of our top three spots are defensive <laughs> coordinators. So. Our two, the only two core defensive coordinators they're really going to interview. Yeah. Um, Steve, uh, Ken Dorsey is going to be my number, my number four. Same. Okay. And then Ben Johnson will be my number five. Same. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Mike then I Kafka. Got, <laughs> I was going to say, then I have Mike Kafka. Yeah. Jim, Jim Caldwell. Uh, uh, Frank Reich and then Jim Caldwell. Mm. But. By the way, I don't think Jim Reich, or Frank Reich would be a terrible choice. He's just not somebody I'd be excited about. Yeah, I, I could see that. You yeah. wonder if he's a Super Bowl winning type of coach or not. I mean, yes, yeah. he won one as a coordinator, but I would not, if we hired Frank Reich, I would not be upset. Right. It, it wouldn't be like when they brought Mar- Marty Herney back. Right, it wouldn't be that yeah. level of disappointment, <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be really excited about it, right? I wouldn't. Oh, I, I didn't I even list Kellen Moore on my list. <laughs> uh, I didn't either. Uh, he'd probably be right below Frank Reich, I guess, and above Jim Caldwell. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Dallas fans, if you like Kellen Moore. Uh, didn't mean to forget about him, but completely forgot about him. <laughs> we like the other guys a lot more. We like the other guys a lot more. So, All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it, Jerry. Yes. Uh, for all those watching on YouTube, this will be the end. We'll be coming back with a year-end review uh, shortly on Sunday or Monday. Uh, we want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at MeowMixPodcast.com. If you leave us a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on the show. Please like and subscribe on YouTube. Like Jerry said, uh, expect part two of this podcast in a couple of days. Uh, the year-end review. We give out some rewards or awards. Talk yeah. <laughs> about uh, talk about the season. Talk about the additions, the subtractions, how we thought everything went. So that's a fun one. Uh, and then we'll probably be back once we hire a head coach. So yeah, we, ha- <laughs> we we had to get the coaching out because yeah. at first it sounded like we were going to go quick, and now it's going to be a little yeah. while. Yeah, now it's going to be a bit. <laughs> so uh, until then, everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding. <laughs>